10 minutes after 8 o'clock, you are on Opportunity Tuesday. And as we do every second Tuesday, we meet somebody who is a leader in the industry. And we meet them for three reasons. One is to get to know their story as a human being. Two is to uh, speak to them about the issues of the industry and get to know and engage them on the issues of the industry. And three, to take some lessons about how they do things, what we can take. Because ultimately, uh, even us in our small businesses, uh, we are leaders and we learn from other leaders. So that's why we do meet the boss. Thank you very much for staying with us. And we are hoping to hear from you on 089-110-3377 because I'd like you to also meet the boss. I could monopolize the conversation, but it's nice when we share it. Dr. Vuyogazi Masati is the principal consultant and co-owner of African Financial Group, AFG, responsible for Pan-African and Emerging Markets Innovative Financial Solutions. AFG has a joint venture with Bridge Capital. Dr. Masati is the current president of the International Women's Forum of South Africa. In May 2010, she was appointed by the president to serve as one of the inaugural members of South Africa's National Planning Commission for five years. She formed part of the team that released South Africa's National Development Plan, adopted as the National Strategic Framework by Cabinet and Parliament in 2012. In March 2009, she was a South African delegate and technical advisor for the presidency to the United Nations Commission on Status of Women, where she presented on the financial crisis theme. This enhanced South Africa's contribution to bringing agency and intensifying the global call for inclusive economic growth and development. She holds a PhD from the University of Stellenbosch. Hey, Stellenbosch! Wow! Hey, White Monopoly Capital captured her for a while there. Uh, her thesis focused on the role of value chains uh, in mainstreaming rural entrepreneurs into global markets and was the only one selected by the Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences to be presented at the university's inaugural New Voices in Science Colloquium. I could read this CV forever and by the time I finish, we won't have time to talk because her honors just don't stop. She's an amazing, amazing South African. She has done great work. She is a leader within, uh, in her own right. And we are proud to call her one of our own because she is Dr. Vyoga Zimatlati right here in studio. She's our guest on Meet the Boss. Good evening, Dr. Matlati. Good evening. I'm really sort of um, sitting here humbled, just sitting here and looking forward, obviously nervous a bit, Ah. The conversation that we're going to you, have. You, you have faced them all in the world. You you presented us the National <laughs> Development Plan. You were in front of those guys in Stellenbosch and presented your PhD <laughs> and they they passed you through. You went to the UN to represent us. The presidency trusted you with so many things. What's a mere studio interview when nobody can see you? It's just you and I. Yeah, no. It's, it's frightening. So I'm going to ask you throughout our conversation, stay very close to that microphone. It's a okay. bit finicky. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it feels like you live it every time, every, every time you stay away from it. So let's start at, at the bottom. I call it the top, but people call it the bottom. Where does the journey begin? Where is home? You know, Elias, t talk to us about where where the young Vuyo was. In, in your early well, days. the young Vuyo. I mean, it's 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 quite interesting actually that I. I find myself in agriculture again in my life. Yes. Because the beginning of my life, 
you know, was very, was kind of forced into agriculture in the sense that I, you know, my mother comes from a rural area within the former Transkei, mm-hmm. around the area of Maclear, uh, 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 Mount Fletcher, and the beginning of my pre-primary was basically around there mm. at the village. Yes. And, you know, then my mother moved from there and taught with the base in Grahamstown, moved and taught on a farm near uh, 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 Grahamstown, between Grahamstown and Port Elizabeth, uh, around the area of Alistair. Mm. Which is where I spent, you know, another good four or five years uh, of my life. Yes. And it was a, a, a farm. And basically what, what it used to be was that uh, black women who were married, part of the whole Bantu education system, could not teach, um, you know, in, uh, could not get permanent posts particularly in cities and small towns. Mm. Um, so basically they were accommodated through a system of teaching on white commercial farms, teaching the, the laborers. So it, it was a system that, I mean, uh, a lot of women throughout the country were exposed to as a result, more women, ma- married women specifically. And it was a system where a lot of women who wanted to sort of free themselves would kind of divorce, you know, kind in, you know, divorce without divorcing. Yes, yes, a divorce <laughs> of convenience. Of divorce of convenience. Mm. So basically, you know, that's what I'm not sure because my parents were divorced. I'm not sure whether they were doing that or not. But the point is, uh, I the, I also got exposed to to the farming mm. experienced uh, experienced through that. So it, it, it's quite interesting because I realized that more when I was writing my thesis, actually, th- how that background, um, it's, it's even written uh, in my introduction, how yeah. that background framed my appreciation of agriculture and the rural economy. But I was lucky in terms of work to also work within countries, about six countries within SADC, where, again, I was focusing on rural economies and Mm. agriculture and basically was exposed. And I would later, you know, be married uh, to a village uh, back in the former Transkei and have spent the last 30 years of my life as a, 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 a you know a communal farmer yes so basically that's that's where this kind of life in the farming space has the always been space, with you really you know yes has always been with me yeah when 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 you when you at high school before you did your 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 first undergraduate qualification what was in your mind what did you want to study and what who, what, who were your role models? What were you thinking about as a young teenage girl at the time and thinking about the future? Well, you know, that was a very interesting time. Mm. Um, my schooling, just high school and just pre-high school, was in Mtata in the former Transkei. Yes. 
I went to a school called Zimele. And it's interesting again there um, because the girls, there was, you know, home economics. And I went to the first class of the home economics. I looked, you know, I, I'm the only girl at home and the, yeah. last, and the last born. So I had three brothers. Yeah. And I looked at the class and the, you know, the the sewing and cooking and stuff that was going there just didn't work with me at that point. So I sneaked out of the class and I was the only girl doing agriculture with, with the, the boys. boys. Yes. You were always destined so for this. So basically, that's what I did. But it's interesting. I was then from there, I went to St. John's College mm-hmm. um, in Umtata. And there, the focus was on math and science. Yes. It was basically, it still is, a math and science school. Um, and I really, at that point, you know, the interest was in, in, in science, physical science particularly, mm-hmm. and obviously mathematics because we are doing it at the time. And I got confused a bit in terms of what to do. Uh, but what I knew at the heart of what I wanted to do was to something that changes lives of people. And I mean, I got confused about that, what the meaning of that for quite some time until I, 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 I couldn't appreciate what I, I meant. But from there, my, you know, my focus moved into science. Yeah. But even there, for instance, my first year when I was doing the BSc was focusing on zoology and uh, and uh, what's the plant sciences? But I so those hands have been close so to the land forever. Really. It was you know it was that bioscience. Yeah. And it, but the funny part is that I struggled. I, I failed uh, as zoology, and I ended up doing bioscience, which I passed because you know the species, the plants, uh, plant science was very difficult, and it was more about memory. Remembering species, yes. what is this and that? They've got all funny names. Oh, I mean, like God, really, I they, can't, you, they can't I, find easier I names. I just for couldn't those remember things. those names. And bioscience was at least made easier. Yes. So with physics. So basically, it's 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 been there, but unfortunately, because of our training, I never align these things. You know, and I mean, interesting enough, at at school, in primary school, we did. Um, you know, I was one of the students of Africans, mm. and we we did agriculture in Africans. Oh, you know, um, I still today recite what we used to recite then. What is the chron? Yeah. which is the land. Chrond is the bonste lachi van die aarde wat bestaan. You know, <laughs> I did I did that in English. Wat er lach en organiese materiaal. You know, I mean, it's not that I understood any of that yeah, at but the you time, could recite it. but I recited it, you know. So it's it's been a long road, wow. um, and there's a serious appreciation of what this is about. And obviously, I, I got involved in the terms of livestock farming, uh, particularly with the sheep, ending up now being an entrepreneur with mm. the wool processing plant yeah. in Butterworth. So basically, you know, um, and working with farmers across the board and until, you know, I got into the position. Yeah. And before we talk about that, mm. is, is AFG a, a, 
is it also involved in the agricultural space? Do you fund in the agricultural yes, space? Yes, agribusiness, yes. yes. Okay, absolutely. so that's, that's your business. Yeah. So everything is in agriculture. Everything sort of comes together. Yes. Yeah. When do you then get appointed as president of AFASA? I was appointed as president of AFASA two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. And at, at the time, you, you were already active as a member of AFASA. Yes, I was active. Yes, yes. 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 For the benefit of our, of our listeners... Who is a farmer, and how it, is, does it differentiate itself from other farmers' unions? Uh, look, it's, it, it probably is easy to differentiate yourself against Agri SA, but I'm sure there's still NAFU out there. How do you differentiate yourself from from others? Actually, you know, this is something I'm appreciating more and more mm. um, in terms of Afasa's. Uh, you know, it's it's quite interesting because Afasa has done a great job of defining the organization, but most importantly, establish a strong base in terms of the constitution, in terms of clarification of roles and structures. And, you know, so basically, and there's documentation Mm. for each and every one of these and explaining all this. But primarily, what AFASA is about is ensuring that the promotion of support and policies that centralize the f- the development of a black farmer mm-hmm. you know is the key issue and the members of Af- and what another thing that is 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 critical as far as afasa is concerned is the differentiation and understanding of the you know black farmers not as a homogeneous group the, the 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 heterogeneity the you know yeah. the difference in terms of the farming communities and specifically the context of farming by black farmers mm-hmm. for instance simply we have black farmers who are communally based yeah we've got but within the communal you've got subsistence farmers and you've got actually commercial yeah. farmers within the communal environment. And what is good with our arrangement, even as a a, a membership form and the amount you pay differentiates if you're a subsistence farmer, you you pay sort of a lower fee. And then we also accommodate cooperatives. So individuals who are farming in their individual, within the household as a family, but also as a cooperative. Yes. And then we have another category where we look, we, we you know, f- what is called as emerging farmers in, 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 in settlements with freehold title, yeah. on the other hand. So those individual entrepreneurs who operate. So it's it, it sort of, and our offering accommodates all these, you know, farming Areas and in a sense, our focus, which is a strong program we are pushing right now, is to ensure that we push commercialization Mm. of farmers. But this commercialization takes into consideration farmers in the commercial space and with mixed, you know. Approaches in yes. terms of those, uh, for instance, some are in in, in in mixed crops and others with livestock. So basically in communal areas, that's a tendency 
that people and then others you would find they specialize more in the freehold even though they would be mixing as well so the approach is to basically make sure wherever you are you are supported and there are specific programs we are not the ones who comes with the big bag yes. of money but we are the catalyst and the link that make sure that what is supposedly for black farmers goes to, to the black, black farmers, farmers yes yeah. dr vuyo mahlati is president of afasa the african farmers uh, Association of South Africa. She's my guest on Meet the Boss. At this point, let me tell you that you can start calling 089 110 uh, You can tweet us at Rams by the Horns. Because it's a feature that focuses also on the person, you are free to call and say, I remember you from Zenzele or from Stellenbosch or from Tata or from that platform. Uh, at Afasa's uh, conference where you were very angry with this or the other person or just as a sister next door, whatever you want to talk to you about, but also about the issues around this space. If you are an aspirant farmer and you've always wanted to know who to talk to, here's Afasa uh, to talk to you about that. So we take calls on any matter, 089 So let's get to the issues, Dr. Mashad. Mm-hmm. About three weeks ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago actually, uh, finally, the governing African National Congress uh, agreed with other parties in parliament that they're going to consider a debate on expropriation of land without compensation. It's a debate that has been going on for a very, very long time. Now, it's been put uh, on, the, on, the, on the agenda to be debated officially by parliament. I'm going to take a break, but I want us to talk about one where does Afasa stand on the issue of expropriation without land? And two, I also want to talk about where do you believe, or rather, do you believe that land is as actually as important a matter as it has been framed currently by parliamentarians and politicians, or is there something that we are missing somewhere? But I'm going to take a break, and we're going to have that robust conversation, because I can tell you that... Part of the conversation is going to get a lot of people interested in what we're talking about. So when we come back, we're now talking land and agriculture. We're getting rough and dirty, uh, but we also will take calls on any other matter, 089 We'd love to hear your calls to speak to our boss, Dr. Vuyogazi Mahlati, president of the African Farmers Association of South Africa. In fact, every time I introduce you this way, I feel like I'm I'm framing you into one small little corner and you are such a vast human being with so many other elements about you. Uh, but I know that you you understand that it, I, I need to put something there, but I could, I could tell people more about you. I've told some about you. Anyway, I'd like to know what is Afasa's position on expropriation of land without compensation? Well, I think, you know, Rams, this is one big issue. You know, it's one big issue because as Afasa, we have been doing a lot of work to track the progress on land reform. And also, as we're doing that, we got to appreciate the problems and the challenges and the slowness of 
the progress of land reform. Mm. So the issue of expropriation without compensation, even before this discussion, was something that we were beginning to talk about or members of AFASA were beginning to talk about at different levels. Mm. Because in a sense, there are specific reasons and cases that were beginning to push people that direction. In the last AGM of AFASA, when people, because, you know, there are testimonies of abuse, there are testimonies of dispossession, mm. there are testimonies with evidence of how price is manipulated. And for instance, we were tracking uh, land, you know, purchase from white farmer to white farmer and looking at the prices, we've got that evidence and we compared with uh, from white farmer to black farmer, where it would be lower from white farmer to white farmer and high mm. with the intention that government is going to be buying on behalf of and basically just creating a, a whole lot of... And, I mean, this is evidenced by some of the banks mm -hmm. that are involved in the purchase because they would do their valuation. Yeah. So, initially, uh, we supported government's, uh, you know, introduction of the Valor General because we thought that, in a sense, this would regulate some of these problems. It's very clear for us that, you know, that has not managed to deal with the problem. And also we analyzed some of the legal cases um, and looked at, you know, how the legal... Because it, it, it becomes an issue of who's got money to fight the case. Yes. And you can fight your case in terms of your price, uh, you know, above the other because the other one doesn't. So basically, it, 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 it becomes, you know, an unfair situation. Mm. And we basically realize that we need to be active because the playing field is not, uh, what do they say? Even. Even. Yes. So, and then further to that... We analyzed, you know, the various land audits um, by private uh, 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 formations like the AgriSA, and we at, I attended the uh, conference of the DAU, which mm -hmm. is the, the Transvaal Agrikarini. Ini. Yeah. Um, and they presented their perspective of who owns land and no land was stolen and you know so basically you listen to these narratives and from our side we felt it's important to gather you know you would recognize that I mean media was with us immediately after the ANC resolution mm. you know in December and we were just saying we don't have a statement yet and the reason for that is because we had been consulting on land and water throughout the country, having workshops, and basically 
these issues were coming up very clearly. Expropriation was part of mm. what was coming out of those workshops. And we wanted to again call an, a National Executive Council so that we can have a position. It's not just a position, or, you know, Vuyo's position yes. in terms of what she puts out there. So out of all that, it became clear for us that the expropriation without compensation is actually needed as an instrument mm -hmm. that basically can assist in cases where, and this thing is not just touching on white land. It basically is a situation that is going to deal with also the people who managed to get land but were not the right people. Yes. Because we've got cases like those as well. Uh, where, I mean, land is, is there and vandalized and in a sense, to the extent that when I was talking about the, a, the, the, the AGM of last year, people were in tears when they were giving their testimonies. And the resolution was that what we saw is, not, is, is, is a lot that saddens us. But if people can hear what is happening with land and agriculture, the injustices. And the stories of dispossession. And the stories of dispossession, the stories of abuse. By also government officials in terms of this process, it would be very scary because the levels of corruption are at the center of that. So we actually, one of the proposals that we pushed as a resolution of the AGM was an ombudsperson that, you know, we need healing. I mean, if you are approaching 25 years of democracy and you are still sitting with 76% in terms of the study, uh, the last land audit by government, mm -hmm. it the last land audit by government presents 76% owned by of land, generally, not just agricultural land, in, in white hands and 15% in colored and 5% in, with Indian communities, and then 4% with uh, black African communities. So basically, it's clear. I mean, it's, it, I, 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 that's why I say when we talk about the failure of land reform, it is purely from what the department presents as well, that after so many years, we find ourselves in this situation. There is absolutely no doubt that there, there, there is and there will always be resistance from those who own the land uh, to, to, to get us to reform uh, the ownership of land. But 25 years later, the blame has to lie also with government that we still are here. Absolutely. And that's our point. Yes. Our point is that, you know, government has to take responsibility for the failures to a greater extent. Mm. You know, at the same time, and, and we come up with proposals. You know, the good thing is that we're busy, we go around with the roadshows and it's very useful because we get practical examples. Yes. You know, people like I was explaining the diversity of Afasa. People come with specific examples in terms of how it is so, I mean, you go to, to certain provinces and people say, 
as far as we're concerned, you might as well close that department. It does not exist. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Any questions that you'd like to, or anything that you'd like to say to Dr. Vuyo Mashati, anything. And on Twitter at Rams by the Horns, on Facebook Metro FM Talk with Rams. We have twenty minutes to go, and typically you are going to call with five minutes to go and want to ask thirty-five questions. It's fine. If you do that, we'll always take one question at that point because I have given you enough time. I've been repeating this for long. So do call now and, and, and get this opportunity. There are people who argue, uh, Dr. Mahlati, including black thinkers, that so to what end do we expropriate this land? For whom? Are we assuming that every black person is interested in the land and in working the land? No, I mean, you know, the issue is there are rules this thing of access to land is not something that is going to be a, 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 a lawless exercise mm. where anybody can just jump. They ha- I mean, you know, with anything you get, there's a level of responsibility. Yes. And in a sense, there must be a criteria that ensures that we are a constitutional democracy. And that is why even before we talk about expropriation without compensation, the first issue was to deal with the process of ensuring that this is constitutionally accommodated. Mm. So in a sense, I mean, those things are very important to address. So for us, we are working to make sure we just recently had a roundtable where we had, you know, farmers and we also had academics and we also brought key professionals um, like CEOs of land banks, CEO of Agricultural Research Council, CEO of the NAMC. NAMC, You know, so basically, and the reason for that was to just make sure that we are having a conversation and also we have conversation with government officials as well to appreciate some of the problems that have they've, they've experienced and we have you know also conversations with white uh, uh, unions mm-hmm. uh, farmers unions because across the board the issue is for all of us to be on the same page even though we differ in terms of because for us it's clear we support this entirely but we say it has to be systematic it can be a land grab situation. Great. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. We now have our very first official caller to want to talk to you, Mama Bolo in Limpopo. Good evening. Thank you very much, Ramsey. I'm a first caller. Really, really, this program today it has touched me. Hi, Madam, and how are you? I'm good, and you? Thank you for My calling. Yes, my name is James Mamabolo. I heard your story and uh, your story similar to mine. I grew up in Limpopo. I went to school. I went to technical. It was by then called Madikoti. Then it moved to Soshanguve as technical North and Transvaal. I did engineering. But deep down, I knew that I want to be a farmer. 
Mm. And uh, I, qua- I qualified and went work for LTA as a civil engineer and so on, saving money. Uh, came 2004 when we were now free from whatever way we come from. Then I started saving money. I from the, my savings, I bought a land, not with the help of government. I'm not saying I'm bitter to the government. I'm, I'm, I want to show even us black people that we can do it on our own. Just, yes. determ- just determination and then work, hard working and so on. I've been saving since that time. And then 2006, I bought uh, a land. I won't mention the name, but it was uh, a well-known white somebody was playing a rugby. How I met that guy... Uh, uh, please, was, uh, uh, please don't go through the history in the uh, right. Okay, okay. Shortly, shortly, I'm having a farm now. I searched for it, and then up today, that farm is doing well. I think I need to meet uh, the lady uh, through your help, uh, um, so that they can come and visit me and see what I'm doing. I'm now having over 300 uh, 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 cattle that uh, I'm breeding and so on from my sweat, not from any other thing, from my sweat. Wow. Wow. Meat? Is it it meat cattle or is it it dairy? It's meat cattle. It's meat cattle. I'm I'm selling every year the calves to current beef more than 180 to 200. Wow. That's a beautiful story. So... So... So I need, definitely, I need to meet this lady so that they can come and visit me and help me. We, so we, that we can help the young ones that are upcoming uh, and show them the way, in fact. And not to rely on government as well. We need to build ourselves first to have our own thing to say we can do it on our own. We, we, we're going to ask her to give us contact details when we finish the conversation. Uh, it's, Thank you, sir. We do it that way all the time, but the other reason is to keep you listening until the end. <laughs> but thank, thank you. you for the call. Thank you very much, Rams. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think, you know, your story is the story you want to hear. Yeah. Who is in Limpopo, who is actually one of uh, our leaders in, yes. in the province. But I'll make sure that, you know, we, 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 yes, we communicate with certainly. you and get that. But it, this is the direction we are pushing as well. But isn't this direction a contradiction to where we are now? So I look at what Ntete uh, Mawabulu uh, has done, and, and there are many people like him. Mm. We don't celebrate enough of these stories, but they're out there. Uh, is, isn't the flip side where government is getting involved, also sending a message that government will solve our issues when when there are people like him who are doing it without government help. You know the interesting part? Yes. And that's why I, I, I really wish we could showcase more what's happening on the ground. Mm. Because a lot of people, because, you know, when we talk about the system failure in both land and agriculture, a lot of people got disillusioned. And the flip side of that is that we're seeing more innovation yes. with people, you know, finding other means to make it happen. But they don't have the problem with that, as much as that's good, you don't have to suckle to struggle 
that much to start. Yes. So in a sense, you know, we see a lot of people who are using their own resources. Most of the successful farmers are actually people who try and build on what is available. And the government support in most cases is basically more effective when it is given to those people. Unfortunately, it happens that sometimes the support is given to people who don't have that kind of passion and commitment. Yes. And that's where we and get skills. problems. And skills. Yes. Skills is a big issue. Skills is a big issue and it's not the prob it's not the problem of the people. It is something that we as a country have to address because something happened in terms of the that's a conversation for another day. And I'm going to call you for uh, for another day. <laughs> but in a sense that's what we're trying to address now because the colleges of agriculture are not as effective as they used to be. So access to skills and the form of training that is available is something that we're focusing attention on. We'll come back and take more calls on 089-110-3377 and I'll read some of the tweets. At least I saw one that uh, asked a very interesting question. I'll read it out uh, to Dr. Mathati, but we prefer to hear your calls. 089-110-3377. Only when I'm off air do I share my radical views about land uh, because I'm not the guest. I just uh, have to interview my guest. And on Meet the Boss tonight, my guest is Dr. Vuyogas Mathati. And, and now we're talking land and and, and issues of agriculture. And, and land, by the way, is, is beyond agriculture. Uh, it's, it's not just a, an issue of agriculture. I, I visited Tanzania many years ago and I discovered for the first time, uh, at least in one country, that all land was in the custody of government, including land on which people build their own homes. So you could own the bricks and mortar, but not the land on which you you build that home. So the valuation of your property was only bricks and mortar. And I was very attracted by that system. And if I were to sit on that side of the table, I would advocate for that. But there's also a fear when that happens that we then have to trust government to take care of our land. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, the majority of African countries, I mean, Mozambique included, mm. you know, land is nationalized. Yes. So our situation in South Africa is peculiar within the context of our continent yes and in a sense um it is basically because of our history that we find ourselves so in a sense we believe uh, as a fasa that this gives us the chance you know for us the conversation on expropriation without compensation is not just about the property rights it is not just about you know section 25 of the constitution mm. it is about the reform of land land reform and basically a whole restructuring that needs to happen to address the failures that we have experienced because if we don't do that our problems are going to be bigger. It is not acceptable that the majority of the people find themselves. I mean, even let's move from agriculture to human settlements. Yes. You know, 
there are big issues and this is where issues of 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 uh, you know expropriation come even from a human settlement perspective mm. because we found that we were pushed to ho- to townships and homelands and homelands yes. and unfortunately over time informal settlements have become the reality so in a sense you know the current reality of marginal land being associated with black people even within the agriculture where the good land is you know n- is for the established yep. white commercial farmers and the marginal land is for the emerging black farmer yes and the emerging black farmer with no skills no access to finance no access to markets no access to markets has to struggle you are being set for failure and there's no way we can accept that Firstly, may I think the first question has been answered uh, before I even read it. Let me read the second question that you ask. He says, given the latest development around land availability, what kind of skills are required for a beginner to start farming effectively? I know agriculture uh, provides support to small farmers. That's a question about what other innovative ways in limited space. That's question number one. We're going to take three back-to-back. So there's two callers and this question. So May is the first one. The second one is uh, Steve in the report. Good evening, Steve, and thank you for the call. Uh, what's your question? Thank, thank you, Rams. Hmm. I've, I've just been taken by an agent to a plot here in Road report. Mm-hmm. And the guy is selling it for four million point seven. Is this, is, would you advise that we say, we buy a, a plot like this? Because I think the, the white guys are then selling it to black people or something like that to run away from the issue that now government is dealing with in terms of land. Amartif, do you really want Dr. Matati to be able to uh, advise on something like that? On a, She has not seen the property and, and stuff like that. I, I know why you would ask, but uh, hey, Tatanyana, Steve, what... what I'll ask. I'll get it to respond for herself. Listen on the radio, Jake in Midrain. Good evening. Hi, Rams. How's that? Good, well, mate. How are you? Good, good. I'm all right. Rams, look, man. I I want to ask you a question, and I want to also ask the, the doctor a question. Yeah? That what kind of a solution are they trying to come with for a, a person who's starting farming from nothing? Mm. I'm I, look. I've been with. Farming from a very young age, I've been growing. I've got so much passion in farming now. But trying to buy land, because I, I, at the moment, it's, it's something that I used to do back at home, but I want to do intensive start uh, breeding for livestock. Now. Mm. So when you go to land bank, they, they don't give you a good percentage. They work the same way as other commercial banks. So... Can, can you guys, the government, come with a solution for black people? You know, I'm not saying we don't have to pay interest for the, the, the land, but, you know, something that is reasonable to help a black farmer that is starting to break even easily. You understand what I mean? I hear you. That is I hear my you. biggest question. I'd like, I've, I've got a problem with that. I'm sitting now, I've got animals laid all over the place because I've, I've, I've leased them with other farmers, white farmers, by the way. But the problem is I'm begging to get land with good with good uh, interest rate. And the land bank is not helping as much as you understand. And Great the stuff. government Jake, just uh, for the record, uh, Dr. Maslati does not work for government, but I, I, I catch your drift. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, let's start with May. 
May's question on, on Twitter because I, I find this a lot. You know, people have land. People have, have uh, but sometimes it's too small. Uh, is it, is it, can, is it doable? Uh, and my view from where I sit, that's probably the future. We are all going to have some small plots of land and could we use them commercially? Yeah, you know, um, there are pockets of skills development initiatives mm-hmm. And the commodity associations, for instance, Grain SA has an academy, mm-hmm. they train, and, you know, different formations. And government as well, you know, in terms of colleges. But what we have found is that there's a big gap of access. Yes. And sometimes some of these training train, train generic, generically. Yes. When you go to your farm to farm, you get confused about what you're supposed to do. Yes. So what we have done as a FASA is to partner with the Agricultural Research Council. Okay. And basically, part of that, because ARC has offices throughout the country, and the reason for that, because they deal both from a crop and livestock level, is to have, you know, people who can provide the technical assistance and where we can assist people directly on the ground. Because extension service is supposed to work with that, but we're beginning to direct extension service, but sometimes they don't have the support as well. The second thing that we have done, we are building a knowledge center. And basically, the whole issue of digital agriculture is becoming big. And we are hooking on that. And what it is, then there are various apps which we are, have harvested as well. We'll be making an announcement by, you know, April on some of these I'm impressed, issues. Yes. And the whole idea, and we were we based this on the reality of what's happening on the ground, okay. is to specifically for Ume, is to basically deal with people having access to this, your climate and, you know, issues of market and also building study groups on the ground where people can learn from each other. Would it then also this that technology also help people like Steve who want to know I've got this piece of land, what do I Absolutely. do? Absolutely. For instance, you know, Steve, Steve's question, I mean, this, and this is all your, your smartphone. Yes. Basically, you can talk to us through the smartphone and we've got specialists who deal, who would be able to at least guide you on the basis of that. So basically, those things are there but not accessible to everybody. So what Afasa is doing is to base, and we now are in the process of finalizing the partnership with a mobile company. I'm not going to mention name because mm-hmm. soon we'll make the announcement. And we're even going further in terms of, you know, with YouTube. Yes. You know, having videos where basically people can see and be guided step by step on what to do. Hmm. And then, as far as Steve is concerned, you're right. But, you know, again, if Steve can provide the information, we can assist in terms of getting somebody to provide advice to Steve if we get his yes. information. Yes. Um, and then, Jake, you know, it's quite interesting, Jake, what you're talking about. As far as the solution for people in terms of support, I mean, the sad thing that we have, you know, we're talking to some of, you know, in, in conversations with everybody, and these conversations include commercial banks and the Banking Association of South Africa. And what we are, I mean, I made an example. I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm not wanting to mention the name of the commercial bank, but we're in Bumalanga, and, you know, the manager of the commercial bank said, 
for the whole year, I only had to process two applications from black farmers. The whole year. So, and the issue for us is not just there. We're seeing it everywhere. Black farmers now are getting tired of being told no. And they are not even now, you know, it's like uh, uh, the, 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 there's a terminology of work seekers and no longer seeking work in terms of the statistics, where basically you've been looking for work and you don't bother to go. We're seeing that in terms of access to finance. They are not there because they don't have proposals. They are farming. They're doing their thing. But they've been going to the banks and they are not getting any support. They are not bothering. So basically the problem which the land bank CEO emphasizes with us, and we're working together as part of the initiative now to look at a financing model, and we're looking at options for blended finance. And, and blended finance is basically how we leverage both grant and loan finance. Yes. And the reason for that is that it becomes, you know, you don't have land, you're going to, and uh, you, you, you know, you're starting as a black person not having the right skills, not having access to markets. You're trying your thing as, you know, uh, uh, and you have this burden of debt that you have to start paying before, you know, you even can grapple yes. with what you're doing. And that's what they end up calling us, you know, the failures. So the approach is to basically make sure that we can increase the equity through the blended finance so that it can support particularly people in this category. Because there is grant funding because out there. Because there is grant funding, mm. but we're not utilizing it appropriately. So how then does everybody, those who called and those who are listening, uh, who did not have airtime, how do they get hold of AFASA and, and, and access these opportunities that you guys can facilitate for a lot of people who want help? I started by saying Afasa doesn't have a big uh, purse of money yes. that we can dish out to farmers. Yeah, but at least you... you but you what are, you we do, we cut an enabler. You're an enabler. Yes. And basically, what we're doing now, because we went to Land Bank and we said, it is not possible that close to 23 years later, your loan book in the financial year 2016-17 is... 2 billion out of 39 billion is for black farmers. What is the problem? And I've run out of, out of time, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but I, so how, I just want to give our listeners a contact detail of some sort, a website or something that we can share with them where they can contact Afasa and you can help them. Yes, they can contact Afasa, the office, Malapane. Okay. And you say, it's, you say it is at afasa.org. Uh -huh. Malapani at afasa.org. Or president at afasa.org.za. We are going to put all those on our Facebook page. Please do contact Afasa. I'd like to end this conversation with a quote from Dr. Matlati. Somehow I never saw myself as a future employee of the system. I chose to be an agent of change. And she is an agent of change. Thank you so much for your time. But most importantly, for your work that you do. We love what you do. You've been a great guest and have a great evening. Thank you, Rams. It's been a great interview. That concludes Opportunity mm -hmm. Tuesday. And from me, Rams Mabote, good night and God bless.